0: Well good evening welcome to Grace Life Church tonight We're glad that you're here And those of you who have joined us uh, Or at another time And uh, we are going to get right into the word tonight This is going to be our last service Um, We will not meet Sunday morning Uh, So you can spend time with your family And uh, whatever plans that you have for Christmas But I want to uh, read a verse that's uh, very well known During this time of year and it comes out of Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, And there was in the, same, in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring you, anybody know? Good tidings. Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you that you shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory be to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Different translations uh, says that um, different ways. Uh, actually, it's uh, correct here in the King James, which is goodwill towards men. Some You may have a translation that says good, goodwill among men. Um, but what God was actually doing here, what was he doing? He was announcing the answer. He was announcing Christ. He was announcing the Savior was born. He's announcing that what he promised in Genesis when he told the serpent... The day will come when the seed of this woman, your his heel will crush your head. Well, this so this event took place, and so the, the the angel showed up and announced. And what he's saying is the answer, the redemption, the reconciliation of, of my people back to me has just happened. Uh, it was it was breaking news you might say to the shepherds, because we know we know if we don't. Uh, that day, even to this day, we don't have. If you if you ever watch the news, if you have a TV, if you ever read a newspaper, you know we don't have peace on the earth among men. All you got to just turn on the news any given day, and you'll find out there somewhere there's not peace among men. Well, it's it, it's it's uh, it's peace of God towards God and mankind. Man was separated from God uh, uh, through Adam's transgression, and Jesus Christ would come. He would be the second Adam. He'd be the last Adam, and he would be the one who would uh, be the reconciliation uh, back to Christ or back to the Lord. God was getting his family back. You might say this, but let's go. We're, tonight we're going to receive communion. If you're watching tonight, and uh, excuse me, if you're watching tonight, and if you want to take uh, receive communion with us, grab you something. You know, it doesn't really matter what it is—cracker, juice, water, uh, whatever you have. I don't know that you can, you know, use that cake or that stick of bar, put that down, find something else. <laughs> and uh it won't be but we're we're gonna uh receive communion tonight, uh here in just a few minutes if you wanna join us. But I wanna go a few verses before that, and this is actually before Jesus. This was the beginning. This is when he um, was standing before Pilate. And in John chapter eighteen, verse thirty six, it says Jesus looked to Pilate and said, The royal power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this world. If it did, then my followers would be fighting to the end to defend me from the Jewish leaders. My kingdom realm authority is not from this realm. Then Pilate said unto him, Oh, then you are a king. Jesus said, You're right. I was born a king. And I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. He says, he finally, he finally spoke. He says, you're right. But I was born a king. But I'm not from this world. Do you know anyone who could say that? Well, he went on to say in in John 17 and verse 14, the Passion Translation says... Jesus is praying to the father before his arrest and crucifixion. And he said, I give unto them thy word and the world has hated them because they're not of this world, even as I'm not of this world. What a glorious verse that is for us that he says that I'm not from this world, but but also they're not of this world either. We've talked about that many times. I think it's, it helps us to remember um, the truth of that, all throughout life, when life is hitting you from all different sides, and that may not be every day of your life, but there'll be days that there will be days that it does. It helps us to remember that we're here, but we're not from here. You didn't even start here. Um, in a natural, you did when the year that you was born into two parents and you, you have two earthly parents and you was born in such, such city and such, such a month and day and year and all that. And that's, that's your natural history. But you was before then. And uh, if you have a Bible that you know that, several scriptures you can go to. Uh, one of the best chapters in the entire book of Psalms, is Psalms 139, where he said, he knew you before you was even in your mother's womb. You say, how did he know that? I had no idea. I'm not even going to try to explain it because I can't. Uh, that's what heaven beats so the fun about. We'll, we'll get to learn all kinds of things that we didn't know. So, so you were around. Um, but if you was born in Alabama, you wasn't in Alabama before, you know, that day you, uh, I, I believe we came out of the father. That's just, that's just my personal belief. Uh, but we're not of this world. If you're born again, you're not of this world. Jesus said, just like he's not of this world. And so what was actually uh, happening uh, that Jesus, as you know, came to uh, restore us back to the Father, and then he came uh, to make us uh, in union with him, and then he gave us a job to do. And that job, you might say, was, uh, to this day is the same thing. It's an invasion. I may not sound like a good term to use right before Christmas, talking about an invasion, But if you look at the word invasion, it means an act of instance of evading or entering as an enemy, especially by an army. The act of invading is the action of an army that invades for conquest or for plunder. That's what he did. And that's what we did. The Bible says that Jesus came uh, to destroy the works of the devil. He said that you'll do the same works that I did. We're going to plunder. We're going to destroy. We're going to destroy the works of hell. And uh, when we receive communion... It's um. I talk about this every time, but I, I just remember growing up the church that I went to. It, it seemed like every time we took communion, everybody was sad. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, I'm too, um, I was too young to remember how it was ministered, how it was preached. But taking communion is not a sad affair. It's a, it's a glorious affair. Right. Um, you know, when you when you read the scriptures, he said, "Do this in remembrance of me." But that's, that's not the attitude of people take of the communion a lot of times. They're not doing it as their members are doing it. It's like it's a memorial. And they're like, they killed us and, 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 and as if he's still dead. So he's pointing us back to what he did always. So, so when, you're, when you're receiving communion, you know, the elements, you know, being the, uh, the bread and the juice or the, whatever you're using to represent, you know, the blood and the body, we're remembering the price that was already paid. We're remembering the victory that was already won. We're remembering the war that already took place between two kingdoms, and Jesus says, as "Long as you live, you do this. Do it in remembrance of me." And so when we go back, uh, uh, we, we've heard a lot of testimonies through the years of people and uh, believers, uh, because you know we're receiving communion for for believers. It's not for non-believers, and uh, but all you gotta do if you're not non-believers, we we get that fixed in a hurry, but. they received received the communion and some people were instantly healed as soon as they received communion. Well, why not? Because what what are we doing? We're remembering what Jesus did for our healing. We're remembering that he dealt with all of our sins and he dealt with every sickness and he dealt with every disease. And so there's power in doing it. It's it's not not just a, a symbolism of something that we do as a ritual where it's taking us back to the place, the where Jesus took the sin of the world, and He became the sin of the world, and He took the punishment that didn't belong to Him that belonged to us, right? And so that that's what happens. But He said that we're going to do the same work. So it really was an invasion. In John 19:10, uh, He went on to say, He says, "Do you refuse to speak to me?" That's what Pilate was asking him. And He said, uh, Pilate told Jesus, He said, "Don't you realize?" Don't you realize that I have the power to free you or to crucify you? Because Jesus was just standing there and and Pilate knew which way this was going. He says, and in other words, I think you're a good guy. I really don't think you're really that guilty of what they want to do to you. He said, don't you understand? Uh, you, You need to talk to me. Don't you understand that I have the power to release you or just give the word to have you crucified? And Jesus finally talked. And here's what Jesus replied to Pilate Jesus said <clears throat> he said you, he said you have no power over me at all he said unless it was given to you from above so the one who handed me over to you is more guilty of the greater sin <clears throat> I, I, I like your <clears throat> reply to that here you, here you are you've been beaten you've been flogged you've had you know you've been hit in the face you've had your beard you know you pulled out <clears throat> and and you're about to be crucified and he says You need to open your mouth and talk, because I could set you free. Well, he he couldn't set him free because the plan was already, the plan had already been set in stone, and nobody was going to change the plan at all. Even Peter. Peter said, you know, Jesus told, kept telling disciples what was going to happen. They didn't understand what he was saying. Peter said he was going to stop it. He said, he even actually rebuked the Lord for telling him he was going to die. Peter rebuked the Lord. I would just say as a side note, that's not a good thing to do. Uh, don't don't yeah. rebuke the Lord. And, uh, but he told me, he said, but if you'll die, I'm willing to die with you. And he said, I'll go with you all the way to the death. And, well, he probably actually thought he meant it until it came up. <laughs> and then when it came up, it, he, he went the other way. Well, we can't throw stones at him. Uh, I, I, I don't know what any of us in this room would have done. Sometimes when people see trouble coming, they, look, they run and get the other way. If someone's coming to you with a whip and a chain and nails and a hammer to nail you something, you might want to run too. And so uh, uh, Peter kind of, you know, he talked before he thought it out, right? And so um, he said, No, you have no power over me at all. And so this invasion uh, is still going forward. And um, so we're in this fight and we're engaged in this fight. you know there's a scripture you might see out of the context for tonight but it really isn't if you think about it uh, you don't have to turn there but Psalms 24 1 declares that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof which means God has a plan for the earth and the fullness and His plan's wholeness wholeness for you Amen. wholeness for your family wholeness spirit, soul, and body and uh And the truth is that we're engaged in this, you could call it a covenant conflict, a covenant conflict. And it has to be conflict because the two opposing armies have two different agendas and God's can't be changed because his is done in blood. And whatever God said, it it must go that way. The Bible says he cannot, nor will he change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word will stand. The day will come when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess Jesus as Lord. This will happen during the second death uh, when we've, after the thousand years, when we come back for the millennium, at the end of the thousand years, there'll be the final judgment and then there are people who's already died who aren't born again who is already in hell but has not been judged uh, what hell will be like for them for eternity they will be retrieved you might say from that place of torment that they are right now they will be judged with the final their final punishment and then sent back but before they're sent back they will bow their knee amen Jesus is king He's not a king; he is the king. Amen. And here's the good, cool thing: you are the king of a king, and we are Lord of the lords. So we are still in—we uh, are still in this fight, but we're not we're fighting towards a victory; we're coming from a victory. We're not fighting to an end that hasn't been determined; it has already been determined. Amen. Our job is to. To serve, our job is to love, our job is to protect, our job is to set people free, our job is to deliver people, our job is to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and every time that you do that, every time someone's born again, you minister the gospel to them, every time that you minister to people, whether you lay hands on them and pray uh, for healing, whatever it is, people are healed delivered people set free from addiction broken marriages are restored every time you preach the truth and the gospel and people are set free you are plundering hell every time you are taking the the lock and the chain and the bonds off that the enemy has on people where he thinks he has them under arrest forever and you are you are setting them free And you're telling them that the warrant against them, the deed of the warrant that was against them, that what they are guilty of, they are no longer guilty, that they are free as if they had never sinned. Now, you know that. I know I'm talking to people who understand these things and these truths. But when you're born again, talking about the real you in the spirit, the real real you that the scriptures talks about, that when you're born again, your spirit being sealed, right? In your spirit, you've never sinned from the day you, um, if you, if you was saved 25 years ago or yesterday. And now I didn't say without you, I didn't say your soul. I said your spirit. Your spirit's holy, cleansed, righteous before God. That's pretty amazing if you think about it that the Lord would do such a thing because he, he lives what in us, he what that's in you, holiness lives in you. The Lord's not in here, you know, uh, a co-tenant, you know, with demonic spirits. So you're clean, holy, and righteous is that you'll ever, will be, uh, never be any more holy than you are right now in your spirit. Never be any more righteous with you than you are right now in your spirit. So your spirit is sealed off. So you could, you, it would be, it would be scripturally to correct this from the, from the time that you became a new creation in Christ Jesus and your spirit was sealed before God, the real you has never sinned the real you has never missed it. The real you has never lost one ounce of righteousness. You didn't do anything to become righteous other than believe in Jesus, so how would you lose it? You didn't work for it. And so what we do every time is that we we access by promise. He said he gave us great and precious promises that by these we might be the partakers. That's what we do when we receive communion. We, we go back to a place that Jesus has already been, and we believe the promises. Because what the promises of God, not half of them, but all of them are yes and amen. I was talking to someone here recently, and uh, it was a, f- a physician, and we were talking about some things, and he says, and he was a Christian, he said, well, you know, sometimes the Lord chooses to heal some people, and he does, he said, that's, that's really the thing, because you know, sometimes the Lord will choose to heal people. And, and uh, it wasn't a place where I could say anything and do nothing, and I thought, well, um, he's not, he meant it if he might hear, he might heal Sally, but maybe not George. He might heal Frank, but not, but not Bob or Carol or Sam or, or whoever it is. Now the Lord healed all of us, all of us. When that, when that guy approached him in Matthew chapter eight and he said, Lord, I, I know that you're able if, 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 if it was your will, Jesus said, I'm willing. So he solved it forever. He answered the question forever that I'm willing. It's a. It's not a matter of if he's willing. It's not a matter if he can. It's a. It's a matter if we'll if we receive. And so sometimes in doing that, uh, there'll be a personal fight, you know, whether it's for you or for someone else. But we're engaged in this battle, and we we have to remember that that we've already won the victory. That we do this with His authority, and with the authority we enforce the victory. Um. Satan's rule and hardship has been broken forever. So what he likes to do is he, he can't change that. So his his head's just been broken forever. What he does is he, he uses something called broken focus. He you know he, he, in other words he he's a great divider of people, and he likes to divide and subtract. He divides your attention and subtracts what's left, and, and he tries to get it down to zero. Well, he, he he's already a zero. Uh, with, with his rim knocked out. I mean, he, he he has nothing left but deception. He's all he's all words. I mean you go over to Isaiah 14 when he's being described right there, and and this is something that will happen in the future. And they're looking at Isaiah 14 and they said, that's him? That's the one who caused all this havoc? That thing did it? That 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 that, that you mean to tell me that's him? He's the one who caused all this trouble? Really? We went through all that trouble because of that thing. You said, don't that bother you to say that? No, not at all. Amen. We don't have to be bothered. We don't have to be afraid. We have the name of Jesus. The reason is it works if you believe it. it. It does not work for you because you say Jesus. It does not work for you if you say the name of Jesus. It doesn't work if you say it quiet and reverently. It doesn't, or if you fold your hands and, you're, and you look humble and say, Jesus, Jesus. Or if you're in evangelist, you say, Jesus. When you do a little, uh, none of that means anything. What it means is, do you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth? That's what it means. And so the Satan knows what you know. In other words, he knows whether or not uh, you believe what you're saying or not. So in this, in this fight, we're engaged in the army with the Lord. And uh, Revelations 4.1 talks about some of these things. But we need to have a heavenly perspective. In other words, uh, a proper panoramic view of far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, right? And our, and our posture is stand. And we stand on, offensively. And we sometimes we we stand uh, consistently and when you stand uh, arrayed in his battle of Ephesians chapter six with the helmet, the breastplate and the sword of spirit and the spirit and the shoes and, and all the armor, you're, you're, you're dangerous. You're not protect. You're not just protected. You're dangerous because you have offensive weapons and you have defensive weapons. Mm-hmm. That's what you have. And so a lot, there's there's been people sometimes that the Holy Spirit just led me for healing for a certain person he he didn't say well lay hands on him uh, he didn't say pray this over him he says uh, tell them tell him to take communion or take communion with them and sometimes he would lead me down there and just have them go back to the place to where Jesus has already provided it and as they took communion they they were healed and they began to amend it was pretty it's very powerful that you can. You, we talked about imagination today, and, and all the only way that you can actually do that when you're doing communion, when you're using your faith, is you, you, you really have to employ your imagination to see Jesus back at the whipping post, Him being crucified. Isn't it something how you can use your faith and your imagination to go back two thousand years, and then access what belongs to you from two thousand years ago? It's pretty powerful. It's just like someone willing something to you that you never find out about it for years later. But it's still, it's still sitting there. All the resources are already sitting there. Well, uh, was it, you know, Romans chapter 5, it says, by, by the grace of God, everything that we should ever need or w- will need or uh, called to do has already been provided for us. It's already been applied to your account. Uh, Romans 5 says, you just take by faith, you, you, you access. In other words, you 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 gain access to go in to take whatever belongs to you, and uh, it's all there. So we'll access tonight for ourselves. We'll access for others when we need to. The good news is it's not just for us because it's, it goes beyond us. It goes it goes to the world. that that we're we're the we're, we're the 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 warden who goes in has all the keys who can who can um, you know we, we can take the uh, the chains off we can set people free we're called to do that and we're equipped to do that and so uh, we know that as he is so are we and so we maintain that position through prayer and fellowship and our connection with him and through our prayers that we pray that we pray uh, I like to call them throne, uh, throne room prayers that's what I call them I, I get that out of Hebrews 4 talking about coming to the throne of grace if you read uh, Hebrews 8, 1 through 5, I call that throne room prayers. I call it Hebrews 10, 19 through 23, I call that throne room p- prayers, talking about the covenant that we're in, better covenant. So we keep ourselves aligned with uh, headquarters. We keep ourselves aligned in the, in the proper kingdom. And then uh, then we think about this verse here, moving along kind of quickly, I know. But John 5, 14, 15 uh, tells us. Gives us that with God wants you to have confidence and assurance that as you pray, anything according to His will, He hears you. And, and then it says, if He you know, and then if you know that He hears you, then know this, and this is the confidence that we have: if we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, then we know that we shall receive Him whatever we ask. That doesn't need really interpretation. That if you ask anything according to this word, this will, then know this, you're praying throne room prayers. He hears you. And if he hears you, then he says, no, John says, then know this, that you will have the petition, the petition, the thing that you're asking of him. That's very powerful. That, uh, that we receive that way. So when we, we we don't we're not we're not really praying defensively, although people sometimes take that posture way too much, because they're trying to counter an attack uh, uh, because they feel like they're being attacked from the realm of the spirit, you know, from the satanic realm. And, and it's not that they sometimes we aren't, but our but our goal is not just to to be someone who counters attacks. we actually we're we're the invading force. We're kind of the instigator of this whole thing if I could just change people's mindset a little bit saying, yes, there's sometimes and part of the weapons that you read about in Ephesians 6, they are defensive, but a lot of them are offensive. I mean, <clears throat> that's what a spear is for. Right? That, that, that's what the sword the sp- of the spirit's is for. It cuts. Sure, you got the breastplate of righteousness. I mean, the breastplate, that protects. Sure, the helmet protects. Sure, the the, the the, uh, the footwear protects. But, but, but you, you have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the Word of God is quick and alive, sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces. It divides. It cuts through. It cuts, it cuts on both sides. It cuts going in. It cuts coming out. You have a 2 mouth sword. Huh? By, by every two things, by every two words, let everything be established. And when you've got a sword that cuts both ways... So when the enemy comes your way, you say, no way. You like like you go in and there's a whole teaching you you might have studied, you know, about the sword and the shape of what it is, and we you know where it would go in the body and what it would do because of the shape of it. But when it comes out, it just blueprints the enemy. That's what you have. So we're uh, I wasn't trying to, you know, teach on a lot of things tonight, but just kind of Bring some things together because I want I, when we receive communion, I want it to be powerful. Um, we we can open up this little thing and drink a little juice and you know snack on a cracker, but that's not what we're doing here. We're going back and remembering that this juice was blood. Someone had to someone had to die, and it wasn't just uh, they they over, they took some sleeping pills to lay and laid down with sleep. This was a cruel, brutal death. Brutality was involved. Isaiah fifty-two. The prophet says the person who di- who would die this way, he says, when he was looked upon, he will not even resemble a human being. That's that's brutality. He was scourged. You ever wanted to find something about scourge? Just read uh, uh, Rick Granter's book in Sparkling Gems about what scourge means. It's it's uh, it's, it's a tough read of what it was like for the Romans when they scourged people. I mean, they were, they were filleted alive, you might say, uh, down to the bone. So to, to say that he could heal if he wanted to, uh, I, I believe is a slap in the face of, of God that he could if he wanted to. The, the whipping post, and you're telling me he could if he wanted to? No, he, he can, he does, and He will. And he, and he wills to do it. He's he's willing to do it. He's willing to do it. So we ought to be a great source of encouragement for people that when we're preaching the gospel. So there's not really a gospel of healing, and there's not and there's not really a gospel of prosperity. But there's only one gospel, and that's that Jesus came, he died, and he saves. But in that gospel includes everything. As you know, we are saved, or we are what's. S-O-Z-O, we're, we're, we're sozo which means you're saved, you're healed, you're delivered, you're set free of everything. Everything. But it's, it's coming up to a higher place in him. What well, we talked about at the very beginning of the year and we, when we had uh, some meetings here with the Greens, in other words, we're, el- we're elevating our thinking to that place. We're, we're, we're living in a place called far above, With everything going on around you, with everything going on maybe in, your, in home. Sometimes your, your life, your finances, your family, your children, your body, whatever it is. You're, 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 you're dealing with the situation from a, from a higher place. From a higher place. And for those of you who have flown, which I know many of you in this room have flown, you, you know what I'm saying, how different it is. It can be a cloudy day and the sun never break through the whole day. But, but when you take off the airport, and you get above the clouds, whether it's 10, 15, 20,000 feet, you can, you're like, I thought it was cloudy today. It is, but it's not here. It's not at this elevation. You get 20,000 feet in there or 30,000 feet in there, and it's just a bright sunny day. And then sometimes you go into another, you know, you're landing, you know, into another airport, then you got to come back down through the clouds, sometimes the rain, but, but you was above them. Now, You know, whether that was in Alabama, Nebraska, wherever it is that she was, wherever you was at, it it might be the same state. But yet, because of your perspective, because of where you was, because of your elevation, you saw it from a different perspective. Don't misjudge your circumstances. Don't misjudge your future by what you're seeing with your natural eyes. Go to the Word with your spiritual eyes. Find out what the truth is elevate yourself to that place in your thinking where your spirit already is. That's where your spirit already is. Your spirit doesn't need wisdom. Your spirit is wisdom. Huh? Your, your heart, spirit, is intelligent. It's genius. Because the genius lives in there. It's, it's taking that and letting that come into our mind from our spirit and bring those two together and when you bring those two together, spirit and soul, your body just has to come along for the ride. The enemy likes to bring conflict between your spirit, your soul, and your body so that they don't properly communicate. In other words, if, if he can if he can do anything to cause communication from your spirit to your soul, he has you. Doesn't matter what God's done, doesn't matter what Jesus has done. If he can get you to deal, you know, if he can get you to, to stay in your emotions and your feelings of how you feel about something about how people are doing or people aren't doing. Everybody in this room has a story, y'all. There, there, there's no one in this room <clears throat> who's had just the most wonderful life w- without any interruptions. I mean, if you're I'd like to meet you and talk to you extensively whenever you have the time so I can take some notes of how you avoided every little problem forever. You know, <clears throat> being in the ministry almost three decades, almost, I mean, think it's kind of hard to be, think, how could you be almost 30 years? Well, I started when I was seven, so I'm 37 now. You know, but, now but now, seriously, just just think about it. Uh, I, I, I've, I've never met a family who didn't have situations. Marriages go through problems. Some stay together, some don't. Sometimes children, kids, whatever, finances, all kinds of stuff. Think things are happening all the time. So if we get into the natural part of this thing and we, and we only interpret our life based on the, the natural things and say, well, we believe God can do all things. But, that, but, but, but what does that really mean? Are, but what place are you living from? Are you living from the place of, well, this is what's really happening in my life, but I know God can do anything. Well, what's really happening in your life is, is what you're doing with it and you're thinking. Because if you're if you're at the place to where Jesus lived and died for me and he, and he bore this in his own body, by his stripes I'm healed. And th- then you elevate your place to that, then your then your body takes orders. Is what it has to do. Your body has to take orders. See, so so, something or someone's going to rule. If your spirit's not ruling, your soul is. Something or someone's ruling. Whatever has your attention is ruling. There's a voice that's ruling. And that's for all of us. So let, let the words of your mouth be congruent with this word. And people say, well, I get tired of confessing the word. No, you're, but, but you're talking all the time. Do, do you, quit using the word confessing because you, you may look at that as a work. How many have ever, how many talked today somewhere, someone? How I many might have to talked tomorrow or the next day? Okay, so it so sounds like you're going to be talking the rest of your life. So just talk. Just have a conversation. I had to go north today about, I don't know, I didn't drive a whole lot today, but I, I was probably on the road for about, I don't know, 70 miles, 80 miles, whatever. I was on. And uh, I, I didn't want to hear any Christmas music. I didn't need to hear, you know, it began to look a lot like Christmas. I've heard that seventeen thousand times, and I didn't care about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I didn't care about his nose or anything else. I'm not being whatever, uh, but I, I just have people who I've had real situations, and I believed I could do something about it. So, or, or I'll listen when I get in there. If I'm by myself, uh, I sure do miss CDs. I sure didn't know I bought a truck, didn't have no CD player. <laughs> I know I to come. I know I have to come into the new world. But I put, I put my phone there and put on something I wanted to listen to. And, uh, and then I just, I, I, I just began to stir myself up. After about 15, 20 miles, I said, My gosh, I might have to pull over. If I can drive, pay attention. And this got good. Then I just broke up praying in the spirit. <clears throat> That's code for tongues. <laughs> and the further I drove, the stronger it got. And the further I go, the stronger it got. When I got to where I was going, they said, How are you doing, sir? I said, I'm I'm a i am i am said, I'm amazed. I, I I said, I'm amazing. It's, 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 just, it's just if, if it's being be any better, some of y'all might think it'd be illegal. <laughs> and they said, Well, so you must be having a great Christmas. I said, I said, it had nothing to do with Christmas. I said, Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King. And uh, so uh, so then they started asking you questions like that. Well, well what about this? Or what about that? Well. They asked me questions I got answer what was I doing I, I was stirring myself up in my holy my most holy faith what praying in the Holy Ghost what was I doing? God gave me a supernatural prayer language that i that I could connect with him that we, he and I could have colineea we could have we could have fellowship when we get to heaven we won't need that language he'll never use it but right now he uses it amen, amen. and I'm praying out things that that's probably so wild out there some about you know, my future and your future that, that the Lord thinks, you know, I don't think I'll tell him, but he may not be ready for that. I'll just go ahead and pray it out. Some of y'all are going to do some things you think you have you've saw, saw it all. You haven't saw it all. You're going to do some things that you never thought you would do. You're going to be doing it in 2023. Things that you never thought you would do, you're going to do. And you might have been praying out in prayer in the spirit, not even knowing it. He's preparing you in the spirit. If he told you in your mind, your mind might go tilt. So he just doesn't share it with you. I always said, just like when we had the church in Clanton in there, I mean, you know, it was a funeral home. Built to be, it was built to be a funeral home. And then they went out of business and another company tried it. And then it lay there dormant for a long time. And another company tried it. And then it lay there dormant for a long time. And then we bought it. Turned it into a church. And I just told the Lord, I said, well, since it's been a funeral home, I want, I want to call this place Living Word because everything in here has been a dead word. Well, I remember being in that funeral home when I was 14, 15 years old because a lady in our church uh, had cancer and died. And my mother said, we're gonna go tonight and funeral home, so we did. Now, I was probably 14, 15 years old and and we were sitting there in the parlor and in the family and I was just being quiet. Now, if the Lord had shared with me, (laughs) say that I was 15. 18 years from now, you'll be in this building. You'll be a pastor. Now, her name was Darce also, my, mother, my mother's name. I, I would have died too. <laughs> and it would have been her and Eric, a 15-year-old would have died right there because it was just information that I, I didn't need at 14, 15. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked it. I wouldn't have been interested. It would have scared me literally to probably to death. So the Lord knows when to share, when not to share. Amen. So that's what you do when you begin to pray. You begin to stir yourself up because you're, you're, you're a person of the Spirit. So, so you, you have to enter into that spiritual language where you're charging yourself up, and you're you become more aware of in your mind what's actually going on in the realm of the Spirit. And uh, so, we're, so we're charging ourselves up. Well, we're going to receive the communion. I, can, I know it's kind of all over the place tonight, but it's just kind of like I'm wrapping up loose ends. And uh, here's your one verse. You can do what you want to with it before we receive communion. Uh, and my notes here says, make certain that you live in a place where you're properly adorned. Make sure that you are properly adorned. It, is, it comes out of Romans 13, 14, where it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh which is lust, envy, strife, bitterness, fornication, hatred, and so on and so on. But Galatians 5 tells us that we are to be adorned with the full armor of God. So let's make sure that we we make no provision for the flesh. When I say flesh, I don't mean just sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, let's just say what sin did. It, It caused failure. So make no provision for failure. By properly adorning yourself, clothing yourself, clothing yourself with the Word of God, clothing your mind with the Word of God, live in the Spirit because you're a spirit being. Did you know that you can be a spirit being but never live in the Spirit? Of course you can. There's people born again. (laughs) There's as much spirit being as anyone who's ever pushed the you know pushed the limits of of who they are in Christ. They're, they're just as much a spirit being, but never live in that place. There's people who get saved who, who, who never grow and do anything. They, they, become, they, they are a spiritual baby the rest of their life. They couldn't, they couldn't find two scriptures in, in the Bible to win bingo night if it was a million dollars. But, but they're satisfied that they're, they're just not going to go to hell, which that's, that's good. But that's, that's not what Jesus' plan was. We're in the family of God. See, the higher place What I'm always trying to say is come on up. Now come on up. Now come on up. And if you be Christ, and if you be Christ, not if you knew him, but if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and you're heirs according to his promise. You have the gift of righteousness what made you right and you've got the grace of God, the abundance of grace. Now come on up to a higher place. The more time you spend in fellowship with him, the more he'll show you the more you won't go tell it to the world, the more he'll trust you with it. He'll use you to solve problems for for your home, your family, in the the business realm, wherever wherever you need it. He'll show you things to do and bring increase to you. He'll cause you to prosper in times when the world doesn't prosper. You'll, you'll, You'll be just like back in Genesis where Isaac was told to stay here when everyone else went to Egypt because there was no rain and there's no way to grow a crop. And God says, stay right here, son. Stay right here. I made a promise to your family, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so that my, my, my promise goes forward. Well, how does he do that? Well, see, God gave his covenant promise. that he told Abraham, he says, I will bless you and, all, and through you all the families of the earth. And that blessing went from him, and it went to Isaac, and it went to Jacob, and it went on, and on and on. The fact that there was a famine and there was no water to grow crops with, apparently didn't mean much to God. You know, we, we know about that. That's not something you've never heard of. But do you ever think about stuff like that? About, do you know anyone who ever sold uh, a large piece of property land and they had no water and had a hundred fold bumper crop return? Do, have you, do you know anyone? I've never met anyone. Isn't that kind of like a big deal? Like, Lord, how do you grow crops with no water? And everybody's left town and they all went to Egypt. And you and said, stay here, go ahead, put the seed in the ground, <laughs> cover, cover it up. He, he still said, use the seed. He still says, put it in the dirt, cover it up. And it had no water. And, and, and the man's got a hundredfold return. How do you do that? Covenant. How are you going to do what you called to do? Because God made a promise, it's called covenant. And in Matthew, uh, he talks about this covenant that we're in. And it goes like this. In Matthew um, 26, or Matthew 20, uh, yeah, 26, 26, 26. How about that? It says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and saying, drink you all of it. For this is my blood of, my, of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Now in that verse 28 says, for this is the blood of the New Testament. That word testament in, in the Greek is, is, is not what you might think testament is. The word testament there means covenant. This is my covenant with you. In other words, I'm making a new covenant with you. Uh, the testament before the new covenant was, as you know, a lamb would be shed for Israel for the forgiveness of the sins. He said, but I'm, but this will be a new Testament. This will be a new covenant that i make with you. In other words, now I'm going to be the lamb. And I was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world was, it was chosen because this was going to happen. The father knew it. And I was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And I'll end it before we, with this one statement. Before there were people, there was this, the plan of God for redemption for man. Before mankind ever came on the scene, before they ever sinned, God knew it. And God had a plan for man's redemption before man ever was. And Jesus was also part of that plan, the big part of that plan. So the scripture says he was slain before the foundation of the world because he was slain before the foundation of the world, he knew that Jesus would have to go to the whipping post. So Jesus had, had, had already went to the whipping post in God's mind before there was ever a person here that ever needed healing. Because sl- the, the, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world is the forgiveness of your sins, all of them, right? And the healing of your body. So before there was an Adam there was already provision for someone who would need to be healed today. It looks like God had planned this out. Mm -hmm. I'm still studying that a little bit, but it looks like he's kind of studied this thing out. So if you need healing your body tonight, we're gonna go ahead and receive it right now. If you will, just, you know how to get into these things. You got a degree in engineering, some type. And a little fingernail. This fingernails help. Somebody said, well, what happens if I have sin in my life? Well, get rid of it. Say, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all sin in my life. Right? I was taught this as a, as a kid. Barbara can attest to it. This was a... <clears throat> This was a, a scary time for me, because I was taught, you know, I was saved up to my next sin. I got saved so many times. you ever heard that? You ever heard that saying? Uh, that people went to church sometimes because it was like you're saved, then you sin, you lose your salvation. Then you then you get reded- then you rededicate your life. And, and whenever never live like that. And and I, I did. I wore my rededicator out they couldn't rework it anymore. <laughs> I wore it out. So, they was reading over in Corinthians talking about if any man drink this who's unworthily, uh, he's headed for damnation. And I thought, oh gosh. And I was like, put this stuff away from me. Well, I didn't know how to interpret that, and I don't mean any harm, but the guy I was preaching didn't know how to interpret it either. Huh? <laughs> You're believers. Everyone's missed it today somehow yeah. Today you did to get anyone saved today What are y'all thinking about getting people saved today And if you did You're like well I got two Well how come you didn't get twelve Did you read your Bible today You did Some of you did Some of you didn't What did you do So I read three chapters Well how come you didn't read thirty <laughs> so, so you're, you're never going to hit whatever that mark is Jesus already hit the mark Amen. He wiped away everything He nailed it to his cross. You are the believer. The the blood satisfies everything. The precious blood of Jesus washes and cleanses and satisfies us of everything. And the blood speaks of better things today. You're in a better covenant with better promises. And Jesus has no or, or Satan has no entry through the blood. You are washed and cleansed and holy before God and you are faultless before God. And when we break this bread in just a moment and we put this and we take this, this is as the great Passover was. You think about that. Well, there was two million or three million people, slaves, elderly people, people who were worked uh, as slaves, beaten, bruised, probably broken bones. How, how, how did they, when they followed what God told Moses to do, and they took the lamb and they put the blood over the door and the death angel came by and passed them by. And on the next day they leave there and after they have eaten the Passover meal, it says not one person, not one, not one of any age, not one person left that place sick or unhealthy. Or you can't even go on a church day and say, Is there not even one person who needs anything? Not one? Well, you can find them everywhere. So God healed everyone through a a Passover meal. So tonight we're remembering what he did for us. So take the thing that represents the, the bread and break it. And eat and know this. By his stripes you are healed. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the juice, if you will, represents the blood of Jesus Christ that washed and cleansed and made you whole, holy, sanctified, and we testify drink of the juice. Glory to God. It's a time of thanksgiving. It's a time of celebration. It's not Jesus' birthday today, but happy birthday, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who is King of kings, the Lord of lords. I'm studying on it, praying about it, but I'll go ahead and say it. I think he, well, I'm going to say it. I think he's got 2023 figured out. <laughs> what do y'all think? I know I went out there on the edge, just, you know, saying all that. But it, it looks like he's got this thing figured out for 2023. It's going to be an amazing year for us. We're, we're, we're going to step into things, do things that you never thought you'd ever touch or to do. You say, why do you know that? Because we're, because we're daring to do it. We're, we're, we're believing him to do it. We're making ourselves available for him to do it. Amen. We're not saying, watch us. We're going to do amazing things. We're going to say, watch the Christ. We're, watch the greater one in me. Amen. Give him your body. Give him your hands. Give him your feet. Give him your voice. Gear Give up, him up and your and get ready. Yes. Amen. Begin to expect big things because they're here. They're on the horizon. And by the way, just want to say it again. We are already in the third awakening. Amen. Amen. So you're, you're living during the times of the third great awakening. Might be the third and the last one. I don't know. But you're certainly in a time of great awakening. Amen. Amen. Well, before we go, this will be our last chance to give in the year of 2022. Here anyway. So if you need an offering envelope, then Mr. Dennis has them. Mr. Good Looking Red Shoes has them. I need to get me some red shoes like that. They're winter shoes. Them things are cool, ain't they? Lord, I just pray that you bless me with a pair of shoes just like Brother Dennis. Lord, you know I need shoes like that. Lord, you know size 11, double E. Lord, you know that's what I, or E or wide, whatever. Or just don't, just just like those shoes right there. <laughs> you know that script that says faith without hints is dead. <laughs> <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, this works with uh, that. Oh. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Well, let's believe God here too now. Because sometimes people who just give, they give because they want to anyway. But I, I think a lot of times we give, but we don't actually sometimes use our faith in receiving as much as we're willing to give. And your faith is what's working. Faith, faith is your currency. That's what you're spending tonight. All we're doing is we're, you know, the, the Lord doesn't have a power bill. I do at this church. He, Lord doesn't get the water bill here, I do. He doesn't pay the insurance bill, he doesn't pay the property insurance bill, he doesn't pay the mortgage here, he doesn't pay the accountant, he doesn't pay all the things. He doesn't buy any crackers for the nursery, he doesn't buy any sound equipment, he doesn't pay the lawn care folks, people make the signs, he, he do not do all that kind of stuff. All the kind of stuff we spend thousands of dollars on every month, and he, he, he's not doing any of that. All that transaction right here, but he knows that. He said, but that would be in the tithe, right? And now the, he says, and he said, if he said, if they'll put it in my house, even out, of, even out of Malachi, he said, they get involved in my house. He said, I'm involved in their house, even out of Malachi. But here we are in the new covenant where he's the high priest in our giving. He said, here are natural men receive the tithe. That'd be me, others. He said, natural men receive the tithe. He said, but actually what takes place is, he could, say, he could say it this way. Eric is going to receive the tithe and offering tonight. I'm going to have him do that tonight naturally. He says, but if you're doing it by faith, he says, but there, he says, but up here where I am, he says, but here I'll receive them. And I'll take them before the Father, and I'll lay them before the Father, and I'll worship the, the Father with him with your giving. That's why I would say that giving is an act of your worship. Jesus is actually worshiping the Father with your giving. With your giving. People still like that. But Jesus was watching the woman to see what she was going to get. Remember? He said they're giving out of their abundance. He said she's giving out of her need. He said she gave more than everybody here. He, he was looking to see what she was, what she was giving. Hmm. Wow. Amen. Now, he doesn't say, he doesn't tell us what happened to her. But I'm thinking she had some great days ahead of her, don't you? If he, if he mentioned the fact that he was looking to see what she was giving... He, he knew the heart and the motive of what she was doing. You know, for 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 Bill Gates to throw down a thousand dollars somewhere, I mean that, that he he ain't thinking about that a whole lot. You know, it might be more than anybody else gave, but I mean the, the, that ain't affected him any. You know, and I'm not talking about you know giving a whole lot or not. My, my point is this: it's all from the heart. It's all from worship, and it means something to him. So faith is our currency. So. We could go ahead and receive something tonight by our faith in this year. I mean, the harvest might show up in a financial way if that's what you needed to in 2023. You might would like to pay for a house if you didn't have a house paid for. No one said anything, but maybe all your houses paid for. <clears throat> but maybe you want to remodel one. Maybe you want to change. Maybe you want to burn the one you got down. I don't know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> but... but but a seed is how it happens. A seed is how it happens. Amen. A seed is how it happens. And faith is what we're spending right now in the name of Jesus. So let's, let's spend our faith. You put your seed in the ground. Isaac did his with no water, no natural water whatsoever. God says, if you obey me and put the seed in, he said, good days are ahead of you. I don't know if he had a struggle in his mind because he never saw that ever happen. There, there's nothing ever said that he ever knew anyone that ever happened to, ever saw it happen. And everybody's left hand, it's just him. But he had a hundredfold crop. So tonight we take our seed by faith and we place it into the ground of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness. I thank you for their generosity. I thank you for their willingness. I thank you, Father God, for the tenacity that I have to even listen to me tonight. Just talk about things, stir things up. Just We just stir our hearts up right now for this year. It's not over. This year, that you're putting things in place because of faith tonight, because you would put a seed into the ground, even in the natural you would interrupt what that ground would have not have done otherwise if you had not put the seed. So by faith and by purpose tonight, we plant the seed, we put it into the ground, and we command it to come to harvest, and we command it to come to fruition in the name of Jesus to bring increase, to be to be multiplied, to, to grow up and become more, and to be all that you can and could and should be so that we can effectively be those who are in covenant with you, not just for home, not just for our foreign no more, but we can effectively affect the harvest in this earth in Jesus name. Thank you for ideas, witty ideas, inventions, the, the, the favor of God, the, the increase of God, the grace of God that is released into their lives right now, into their home, the business, their employment, the, the businessmen of this, of this fellowship, in the name of Jesus, for, for favor to work on every side. For the, for the angels who deal in prosperity and have increased, open up doors that would not have been opened, but a seed in faith just opened the door. And there's an interruption in the realm of the spirit that took place because faith just walked through the door with a seed and a praise. And now a future has been birthed in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, in advance for what you've done and what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Michelle and I wish you all a very merry, merry Christmas.